Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, May 8th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... They've assured me that they want what I want, which is to get this money to those people that need it. The governor and the legislature and their feud over spending power. And as the state economy reopens, we hear from the state's health officer about what residents can do to continue fighting the pandemic. Then a closer look at how businesses are coping with the challenges presented by the ongoing pandemic. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The clash between Governor Tate Reeves and legislative leaders is on hold. During his daily press briefing yesterday, Reeves was flanked by Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman and House Speaker Philip Gunn as he announced the leaders had met and found common ground. Reeves says he doesn't think prolonging the feud would expedite the appropriation of needed relief funds. If I believed that a further fight was the right approach to get money to people quicker, then I would take that approach. But we had great conversations yesterday with the legislative leadership, and I believe that what they want to do with this money is what I want to do with this money, and that is to get it to the people of our state quickly. I think I've proven that when I believe it's in the right, best interest of the people of our state, I will be willing to fight. But in this business, you also have to have trust. They've assured me that they want what I want, which is to get this money to those people that need it. And again, we can come together a year from now, two years from now, and say, well, that Tate Reeves made bad decisions, and that's okay. But what we do know is that we've slowed the spread of the virus. We've made the right decisions for the people of our state, and I believe that this decision to work with the legislature is just another in a series of challenging decisions made that I truly believe is the right decision and is in the best interest of our state. 
The lawmakers say they'll table Senate Bill 2772, the legislation at the heart of the dispute. Lieutenant Governor Hoseman says the Senate will continue to work on the needs of the people. While we may be holding that bill, uh, we're not holding our work. We've been inundated with calls about people not being able to get their money. We're also going to hold hearings working on legislation to transfer $100 million to small struggling businesses in Mississippi. As the governor's indicated, uh, the reason we're all here, particularly uh, members of the Senate legislature governor, we're all here to work on solutions for Mississippians. And while we may not agree on one thing or another, the Mississippi Senate and the Mississippi House are going to appropriate the funds necessary to allocate these these uh, dollars to Mississippians as quick as humanly possible. That is my goal, and I think it's a goal for all the senators that we represent. So I'm going to ask them to do that today, this afternoon, after this meeting goes on now. I really appreciate the opportunity for us to work together. I am looking forward to their plan. In the interim, you will see the uh, Senate, I'll let uh, Philip speak for the House, you will see us going forward with how we can distribute these funds as quickly as possible, the, the portion of the funds that we've been discussing in the past. So Mississippians need to know that we came together yesterday and that we have a path forward and that we're going to work forward as, as a group, work forward on making sure those, those dollars are delivered quickly. House Speaker Philip Gunn thanked Governor Reeves for the cooperation needed to reach a resolution. Gunn says the legislature will appropriate funds with input from the governor's office that Reeves will then have the power to administer. I, too, want to thank the governor for working with us to reach a solution in this matter. As you know, we have had some disagreements over um, appropriating authority. I'm very grateful to the governor for his willingness to work with us in that arena uh, the conclusion that, that we have reached is that the legislature will appropriate the dollars in conjunction with uh, the governor administrating those dollars. The main concern for us right now is to set up relief for our small businesses. In our conversation yesterday, I think all three of us agreed that was number one priority. And so we are beginning immediately to craft in consultation with the governor and his office and the ideas that they have put forward to uh, craft a plan for small businesses. It's our hope that by, the, by early next week we will be able to unveil that plan, we will be able to appropriate dollars into that plan, and uh, our small businesses will immediately begin to receive some relief. Um, I want everybody to know that we uh, agree that for us to work together is uh, a priority, and I think this shows that we can do that. The state has received $1.25 billion in federal aid through the CARES Act. Reeves has contemplated hiring a third party to assist in administering the funds. He says that option is still on the table as he irons out the details with lawmakers. Legislators will be back at the Capitol today to continue working on a measure to help small businesses. Coming up, as the state economy reopens, we hear from the state's health officer about what residents can do to continue fighting the pandemic. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Malcolm White. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week we talk with visual artists, musicians, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. 
You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi restaurants and businesses are reopening, and Governor Reeves is easing restrictions on outdoor gatherings. This comes as cases of COVID-19 in the state remain steady. During this week alone, the state health department has reported over a thousand new cases. Dr. Thomas Dobbs is the state health officer. In a conversation with our Michael Guidry, he explains the increased cases and the data behind them. Certainly, there is ongoing general community transmission and so that's the stark reminder that we all need to pay attention to when we're trying to resume some of our restricted though sort of normal type activities but a lot of the new cases are driven by large number of uh, increases in certain locations of the state specifically in the northeast we haven't seen a large growth of cases We've seen uh, declines in parts of the state like the coast and, and somewhat, you know, in the northwest, although we still have some delta counties that are showing growth. But if we look around um, east central Mississippi, we're seeing a good number of cases. We're seeing significant growth in those areas. That's part of the issue driving the increases. Other things that are driving our increases include nursing home outbreaks and more aggressive testing strategies. So certainly as we test more folks, we're going to find more people. So some of that's going to be a little bit deceiving, but clearly we're having some areas that have a lot more transmission going on that are going to require some increased scrutiny. What does that increased scrutiny look like from a public health standpoint? So, you know, part of it's going to be the traditional public health playbook of communications, education, outreach, making sure people understand what they need to be doing to protect themselves, their family, and their community. Part of it's going to be outbreak investigations, having, you know, teams on the ground looking at you know, where transmission's happening, making sure that we're we're aggressively doing the isolation and quarantine to make sure that people who are contagious or, or soon to be contagious don't spread it in the community. Additionally, ramping up testing capacity is something we want to do so that we can identify as many people as possible. Are you and the governor and the rest of this response team looking at localizing some of your efforts when it comes to continued shelter-at-home orders or things like that, or should we expect more broad state applications? I think the former is more likely. Um, we are absolutely looking at what can be done on a county, local basis to protect those areas where we're seeing a lot, a lot of transmission. And I've spent the better part of this week meeting with different community leaders, uh, uh, you know, different uh, parts of the state, trying to, to see what their perspectives are, not only where they see the weaknesses or the opportunities in their communities, but also to what what they think will be effective measures to kind of slow things down. So I, I do think um, certainly nothing's in stone. Um, there are a lot of discussions, but I do think you'll see selective, collaborative efforts to do some uh, public health orders in certain counties that won't apply statewide. The the national narrative has been that as places begin to reopen testing is paramount. What is the next step uh, for Mississippi when it comes to making testing more widely available as people start to commune more uh, out in public? So we we have drastically lowered the threshold for testing with the Department of Health affiliated efforts. Um, You know, where anybody who has any symptom, we don't have to have a documented fever, can get tested. And anyone who thinks for whatever reason they might have been exposed up to up to them, right? Can can come in and, and get tested. So we've lowered the threshold, 
And so with that, we've actually seen a doubling of our drive-through testing, which is really good to see. We are also encouraging similar tactics for our other partners in the community, the clinics that are that are working the drive-throughs, um, especially with the community health centers, having those folks do more and more testing. And then from a state level, seeing what we can do to support some of the resource needs and making sure people know where they can access the supplies um, or you know help help them figure that piece out so that we can ramp up more and more. Because if we really want to penetrate the community, we have to use those community partners who have done such a great job. And so not only through promotion but through support, I, th- I think we're going to see a lot of testing. We're well over 80,000 now. Um, additionally, there are a lot of uncounted uh, labs that are performed that we're going to try to track down. I think you'll see a, a pretty massive bump in the number of total tests um, once we track down some of the smaller labs that are not reporting all their negatives to us. We're seeing across the country more places begin to open up. Um, the governor has said even though our public health data trends don't fit the 14-day guidelines by the White House task force, he says he's comfortable moving things forward. I want to give you the opportunity to speak to Mississippians if they're wondering how strong is the public health voice in this administration's decision-making? Yeah, no, it, it's it's very strong. And certainly um, the governor and his team have been extremely open to uh, necessary changes. Um, we have a, a funny position in Mississippi, which I think is really true, in that, you know, we never really had a, a spike, right? So we just had, we're, we're kind of like a little... We're like a just a little ramp, um, and hopefully we're on the backside of that ramp. But, but we'll see. He's very receptive to to data, and um, and has obviously, as you've seen, he's changed his mind. Um, you know, been pretty aggressive. I think in some regards, you know, we closed schools early, which I think actually was extremely helpful. Um, but as we go forward, there is a safe way to go, um, as you have observed, and I think everybody observed. Um, the general populace is absolutely not going to tolerate um, uh, too much restrictions uh, going forward. Um, we have to find a way to accommodate that reality and make things safe. And there is a pathway for doing that, um, but it's going to be a major effort trying to make sure people don't just think things are normal because things are not normal. This is not over. And if we do some of those things that we know are going to work, there are safe ways to be in public, but the the diligence and the attention to detail is so important. Uh, complacency is our enemy. Anything I didn't ask you about that you'd like to articulate? Would you still encourage people not to be out and about unless they need to? But also social gatherings have been a real problem for Mississippi, and that's driven a lot of our, our cases other than these sort of outbreak scenarios we're talking about. Um, there's some anecdotal evidence that during Easter, people met in large numbers with extended family and we're seeing cases that may be associated with that. Social gatherings with people that you don't see every day and intermixing with people, um, even extended family, is a somewhat dangerous proposition. And just because people don't seem sick doesn't mean they're not sick. We know that the majority of people out there who are spreading coronavirus do not have any idea that they have it. Dr. Thomas Dobbs is the state health officer. Thank you so much, Dr. Dobbs. Thanks, sir. 
With community transmission a persistent concern, the Mississippi Department of Health is continuing its aggressive testing strategy. Two one-day collection sites will be available tomorrow, one in Benton County at the Benton County Courthouse in Ashland, the other in Jasper County at the County EMA in Bay Springs. Anyone experiencing symptoms related to COVID-19 or who has known or potential exposure to someone with COVID-19 and feels they should be tested must first go through a free screening from a UMMC clinician through the C Spire Health app. Testing hours are noon to four, and only those with appointments will be tested. Coming up, a closer look at how businesses are coping with the challenges presented by the ongoing pandemic. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Financial worries, uncertainty about COVID-19 reoccurrence, employee resources, and consumer confidence top the list of concerns reported by more than a 1,000 business decision makers surveyed across the state. That's according to a joint survey conducted by the Mississippi Economic Council, Mississippi Manufacturers Association, and Mississippi Economic Development Council to gain insight from business leaders and owners. John McKay is the president and CEO of the Mississippi Manufacturers Association, he shares some results of the survey with us. Number one, I think you got a sense of just the, the level of uncertainty uh, in the business community right now. We just don't know the, the nature of the virus. We don't know the nature of uh, various uh, government orders. Uh, we don't know what demand will look like for products and services as we move forward. Um, another huge one is, of course, access to capital. So, the majority of businesses, their cash flow is very important. Uh, that just dried up. And then I would say another huge aspect of this is the fear of liability for a lot of companies that have stepped up in this uncertain time. And it's it's daunting when you're asked to do something like that. Uh, if you're not in that industry, a lot of our companies stepped up in that regard. And now we just want to make sure that they're protected uh, from their good faith effort to help in the relief effort. What about employees? As the state begins to slowly reopen, how are the companies feeling about protecting employees, protecting the consumer or the customer? Are steps being taken? Do they feel like they're prepared to accommodate their employees? Well, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And, and I would say that, um, all of all of our members, the, one of the main concerns that they have is the, the safety and welfare of their employees. I mean, you hear this a lot, but the employees and those team members are the most critical uh, aspect of, of our member companies. So that's that's number one. And I think as we move forward, I think what what our members are going to really need um, from you know government and our healthcare officials is clear guidance on the best approach to protect the safety of employees. 
But as we open up the economy, I think the access to the, the PPE is going to be critical uh, across a lot of business sectors. And that's something we really need to work with all of our stakeholders on. Let's say everything goes smoothly now. We reopen. Uh, things start to pick up. The consumer population is more likely to get back into things. How long will it take to rebound? This goes back, I think, to just what's embedded in in Mississippians and Americans. I mean, we have that spirit of we're going to pick ourselves up and we're going to dust off and we're going to go get the job done. And I see that happening. I see it. Um, people are ready to get back to work. They want to go back to their normal lives. And um, I think once the once the general atmosphere is to the point where people feel safe and comfortable, even if there's an element of risk involved, I, I think that just the the nature of of who we are is going to come through. John McKay is the president and CEO of the Mississippi Manufacturers Association. John, thank you very much. Thank you. Good to be with you. More than a thousand respondents representing a wide cross-section of sectors and all geographic regions of the state responded to the survey, answering questions regarding COVID-19 and its impact. One county with a notably strong response was Lincoln County. Katie Nations is the program director of the Brookhaven Lincoln County Chamber of Commerce. She says the business climate in Brookhaven reflects that of the state. I would think that uh, Brookhaven and Lincoln County probably looks a lot like uh, the majority of our of our state with the initial impact um, and, of course, from those that we've spoken with hitting our retailers and our restaurants, just the initial um, that, that stop almost of business. And um, if you've ever been in retail, generally January and February are, are, are generally kind of rough months and you look forward to that March, April, May um, when you're getting graduation gifts and Mother's Day. Um, so that was a, a pretty hard blow um, to our re- retailers and restaurants, and they've had to navigate the waters. I think they've gotten creative to, to keep uh, to keep that cash flow, and I hope that will continue, and certainly as they begin to be able to open their doors. Are there any businesses that have held steady or even improved over this period? Um, I feel certain that uh, we do have um, several, uh, you know, industries here that, uh, you know, our, our distribution centers in Lincoln County, we're home to McLean Southern and Walmart distribution. And they are, you know, they're working around the clock, of course, um, to keep uh, shelves stocked. And so, yeah, I, I think businesses like that, when we get through this season, we'll see that some of those businesses in, in the larger industries and, and even some of our, um, you know, even some of our smaller uh, locally owned businesses that provide services um, that have it's still been able to to stay afloat and stay busier than ever during this time. Have most businesses, or at least some, been able to hang on to their staff, or has there been cases of furloughing? We, or we've uh, heard we've heard mixed reviews on that. Um, yes. Um, Going back to, to those industrial type places, though, you know they can't they can't work from home. That's not an option for them. Working remotely is is not an option. So, um, for the most part, that they have been able to keep their staff. Um, I believe we here were only at about 
30% of, of businesses that were maybe considered non-essential that did just have to close completely for a little while, but that are slowly opening back up. So certainly, yeah, your restaurants and um, even healthcare, our healthcare facilities have had to furlough people or, or lay them off and um, we're hoping that that will, that that will certainly come back around sooner than later and, and get those jobs back. We've heard a great deal about salons and barbershops not being able to open yet. Do you have some of those in Brookhaven in Lincoln County? We have we have so many salons, barbershops um, of all kinds, hairstylists, uh, metaspas, um, masseuse, massage therapists, um, and and we're hoping that um, that the governor and, and his staff will, will make a decision on that because I know that they are they're some of the main ones here that are that are really um, that are really struggling right now um, to stay afloat. So we're hoping they'll make a decision on getting those reopened and, and getting back going very soon. But yes, that makes up a large portion of not only our uh, our community but of our chamber membership. We have a lot of salons and barbers. How long? Can businesses how how long can these communities in Lincoln County um, survive if things don't get back to some semblance of normalcy? I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be a testament to uh, certainly our retailers and our restaurants to how creative they can be. But for those like we mentioned, the the barber shops and and our and our um, our hairstylists, I, I'm I'm worried. We're worried more so about them because they need to reopen. Um, So we're hoping the recovery is just step by step and and that people, again, will find the importance of spending their money here locally when that does happen and supporting those businesses that have been struggling the past few weeks. Katie Nations is the program director for the Brookhaven Lincoln County Chamber of Commerce. We wish you the best, best, Katie, and I thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.